Audio on demand from Vision Christian Media. Foundations. And again, that's not even possible because Psalm 139 says that there is nowhere in all of creation that we can go to get away from God. So how could God forget his own special national people? Hmm. Foundations, understanding the Jewish foundations of our Christian faith with Robbo Robinson and Mandy Warby. Well, we understand that God is omniscient. He knows everything. But in our last program, we asked the question, if that's the case, how is it that God says and he promises in his word that he will forget our sins? There are numerous places in the Bible that say that, and it leaves us with a bit of a question mark, Mandy. How do it we does. how do it, we come to grips with it? <laughs> yeah, exactly. This is some of those you go, eh, I don't get that. How how can he being all powerful, all knowing everywhere at all at once, how could he possibly not know that something has happened or mm. has happened? I mean, it doesn't make sense. If he's God, he's God, he's got to know everything. And if there's something he doesn't know or he can forget, then that shows a weakness within his character and capabilities and capacities, and therefore he couldn't possibly then qualify as being God mm. by definition. And we read that in Isaiah 43, Hebrews 8, Hebrews 10, Jeremiah 31, and Psalm 103 all say that God promises to not remember the sins of his people at various points. And, I mean, God does not suffer with memory loss or, or <laughs> yeah, amnesia right. or selective amnesia. He, he doesn't. So what does it actually mean? And we also finished off um, last time just by stating that there is this massive difference between the vocabulary of the English language and that of the Hebrew language. There's m- well over 100,000 words in the English language, but there's about 4,000 words in the Hebrew language, or well, 4,000 plus, because those mm. lists are growing all the time as our culture and language develops. And uh, in the Hebrew language, the words for remember and forget are very, very different. In English, they're primarily describing mental exercise of remembering something or forgetting something, and it's dropping out of the memory bank or coming back to us like an epiphany or something. But in the Hebrew, um, what is the difference or the meanings of the words to remember and forget? They are, in fact, a whole lot broader. The Hebrew word for remember, it's a verb. Okay, a verb is a doing word. Zachar. And it... Its meaning is very wide. It it not only me- it is a mental activity, but it's more than that. It's more than just an act of remembering something. It means an action that is being taken or will be taken because of remembering something. It can also imply um, doing a favor for somebody, helping them, um, or being faithful to a promise or a covenant. Mm. So it can mean that as well. So. By that, let me use some biblical examples. When Noah built the ark and the rain came and the flood rose and they were drifting on the waters and the scripture actually says in Genesis 8-1 that God remembered Noah mm. and he sent a big wind and it blew the water away so they on dry ground. It's not like God just slapped his head one morning yeah. and went, holy cow, <laughs> Noah, I forgot all about him. Not like that. Yeah. It was that God remembered the promise. He was mm. this promise and therefore, he acted on it. Yeah. So it's almost like a there's a follow through. There's a remembering, and then a follow through. Exactly. This it was an action. I'm going to act on my promise, a promise mm. that he'd already previously made. I might add. Okay. And then there's another example of remember the story of when Jacob married Leah and Rachel, 
and God closed Rachel's womb. And the reason he and Leah's just popping babies out every <laughs> yeah. every twelve months or so. Yeah. And you kind of think, what's all that about? Because then all of a sudden God says, then he remembered Rachel mm. and he opened her womb and she conceived. Again, he didn't just think, oh boy, I forgot about that one. Better <laughs> do something quick. No, it was he remembered the promise mm. and he acted on her behalf, opened a womb, she conceived, and she bore Joseph. Okay, So therefore, you've got this promise being enacted. There was an action taken on her behalf. Now, when it comes to the word forget, in the Hebrew, I don't like saying this one because it's actually, it's got that sound in the back of it. It's really hard to get my my mouth around. It's shachach. I'm not going to say it again. It sounds so (laughs) horrible. And the other one is nashah, and both of which are very broad in their meaning and quite often... They mean to ignore or neglect. Um, it can also mean to forsake or disregard. So an example of that is in Deuteronomy 4.23, and that's when God warned his people to not forget the covenant that they had made with the Lord by making idols for themselves, which would result in God's judgment. It wasn't saying, oh, you're literally going to have it slip from your memory banks. He was saying don't ignore it and mm. dismiss it and, yeah. and just just go and do whatever you want. Okay, so that was the difference in when he was saying, don't forget. Not, it's n- not a mental exercise. Mm. It was saying, don't forget the actions that you're supposed to have behind this. And God also warned his people that if they didn't stop sinning, he might even forget them and cast them away from him. And again, that's not even possible. Because Psalm 139 says that there is nowhere in all of creation that we can go to get away from God. So how could God forget his own special national people Mm. that he had literally set aside and done so much for in bringing them, first establishing them, bringing them out of Egypt? So it's not talking about just forgetting that they even exist. The emphasis in that particular passage It's just like the previous one, that it's all about this action, not a mental activity. God was warning his people that his action would be to turn from them, not wipe them from his memory. And we need to kind of re-understand or redefine the words remember and forget, but with a Hebrew understanding, because that's the context Mm, in which they were written, rather than our English understanding. They're action words, and they're emphasizing God's intention in his actions. Well, I guess when you read a a psalm like what David wrote in Psalm 13, where he says, How long, O Lord, will you forget me forever? How long will you hide your face from me? When you have it in that context, you understand what David's talking about. God hasn't forgotten him, but David's asking God for an action. He's wanting God to come close to him. Exactly. It's like, God, how long before you actually do something Mm. on my behalf? Because he knows that God is seeing it all. He's aware of it all. And he's saying... He's kind of saying, mm. like, you know, we do sometimes. We see the evil that's going on in the world, and we know God sees it all. And we go, yeah. how can you not do something? Mm. We wait for that action for yeah. him to to respond rather than just thinking, hello, he's having a memory lapse at the yeah. moment. Not at all. So if you look uh, back to our original question, it's a lot easier to understand that when God says he forgets our sins, he actually knows everything. He hasn't actually forgotten what he's actually doing is he's saying, I'm not going to take action against you mm. for the sins that I have right here in my memory banks. I see them all. I've heard them all. I know every one of them, even the ones you thought nobody could see when you're hiding in a little dark place. Mm. I've seen every single one of them. 
I know them all. I could recite them for you if you needed me to, but I'm not going to act. I'm not going to respond according to what you should get. Mm. And that is the most extreme or supreme example of mercy. So then if we come back to the little story that I mentioned yesterday about the little girl who got raped by a babysitter when she was 10, mm. that if she couldn't if she couldn't forget, then maybe she couldn't forgive. And we're supposed to respond like God, but God actually hasn't forgotten. But he has forgiven. And that then, when we then respond in kind and and, and forgive like he has forgiven us, yeah. we can then say, I have, I do remember, but I choose to forgive you. And therefore, we are then exemplifying that incredible supreme level of mercy, extending that towards somebody else who doesn't deserve it. Now, that doesn't mean in the case of something like rape or molestation or some kind of abuse that the law then doesn't kick in mm. and enforce the law of a punishment that's we're not talking about that because in those cases that should happen but that's in the hands of the law yeah but when it comes to us and the kind of retribution we, we might want if we are exemplifying and mimicking our god who has not forgotten our sins but given us mercy instead in that act of forgiveness that's what we're, that's what he's talking about, and in with the spirit of God that indwells us, he gives us that power and capacity to do it. It's not that he wipes our memory; it's that he empowers us to forgive, like he's forgiven us. It's really quite amazing. It certainly is, and very deep as well. And I guess it once again comes back to understanding the context and the culture yeah. of the language to really get a good handle on it. Well, in the next program, we're going to discover what the real treasure was on Mount Sinai. That's next time on Foundations. This has been Foundations, a look at the Jewish foundations of our Christian faith. For study notes, resources and more, see vision.org.au slash foundations. Thanks for taking time to listen to this audio on demand from Vision Christian Media. To find out more about us, go to vision.org.au.